Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Chip Doyle, sales expert for Sandler Training. Leads, leads, leads. Are you overqualifying, underqualifying, or are you doing it just right? Chip's here to break down best practices for evaluating leads over the phone. And he's going to explain what you should be leaving to the salesperson when they go to meet the prospect. And we'll hear all about it in just a minute. I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way, with two swords and maximum effort. Okay, guys. Let's get out there and make a difference. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Heidi Ho. How you doing over there, Mark? Well, and you? Good, good. And again, exciting. This I just always love talking to Chip Doyle, our guest for this podcast, because... He's just so easy to talk to. He knows his stuff. It's fun. It's, you know, he's just an awesome guest to have on here. Very knowledgeable. He lives and breathes this stuff. No kidding. <laughs> so we've had him on before, but this time we're going to really be talking about league qualification. Now, you know, we just wrapped up a jumpstart meeting with 16 new roundtable members just yesterday. Yep. And lead qualification was a big topic for a lot of them. How much are they qualifying? Too much? What do they ask for? And how to really let those best leads rise to the surface when they have limited time to sell? So this is a perfect topic for hopefully, this. Hopefully, hopefully they're of day. tuning in. Yes, I'm sure they will because I'm going to tell them all to. All right, good. All right, let's get the show on the road. Chip Doyle wrote "Selling to Remodelers: The Sandler Way," a best-selling industry book. And he's been a Sandler franchisee for over 20 years. He's worked with hundreds of remodeling companies across North America, including dozens and dozens of our roundtable and university members through our Sales Edge program, through one-on-one consulting, through speaking, and just all sorts of things that he does. So welcome back with us, Chip. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be with you guys. So today we're going to be talking a lot about lead qualification. And why is that a topic that you feel is so important? I think that it is probably the most fundamental mistake that most, especially experienced remodeling companies are making right now. There's an abundance of leads. The economy's clicking along pretty good. Uh, I mean, let's face it, these are pretty good times to be in the remodeling business. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's an enormous number of contractors out there that are completely mismanaging their leads. And and in fact, the vast majority of them are overqualifying on the telephone and they're missing out on potentially millions of dollars of remodeling business. But, you know, so many... And I've got the statistics to prove it. I mean, it just drives me nuts, the pushback that I get with some of these business owners when I tell them to just go see these people and stop trying to close the mm-hmm. deal on the phone. A lot of resistance there. You know, I remember one of our roundtable members from uh, a while back, Iris Harrell, who has a big company yeah. out in San Francisco, right? And she yes. said to me one time, and I've never forgotten it, if you don't go on the appointment, you're definitely not making the sale. Right? <laughs> that is right. And truer words were never said. That's exactly right. So why do you think this mismanagement's going on? Before we get into how to fix it, why is it going on in the first place? What, what, what are they doing wrong? Well, first of all, I'll tell you, the, 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 the classic issues that the roundtables are designed to address. These business owners have got their fingers in too many pies. They're wearing too many hats. They got too many things to do. They don't have enough time to give to uh, to sales. They've got time management problems, and their employees aren't stepping up and doing the work that they should be doing. Um, and so, these poor this poor business owner says, "I only have so many hours in a week 
to go on appointments and and therefore they start making the, the solution to them which is not really the solution is to overqualify it, it they're basically they're putting a band-aid on the bigger issue of time management and learning how to run their business but if if they're you know i mean i'm guilty i'm sure of perhaps telling a remodeler to qualify some on the phone versus not when there's one got one person who's doing all the selling for the company because they do have limited time so is it wrong? I mean, do you not qualify at all? I will tell you that I have worked and, and spoken with some, with some salespeople that apologetically have confessed that they don't qualify at all on the phone. They pretty much go see everybody. Now, understand, these are salespeople, not owners. And um, they feel like they need to go see everybody to build their company's brand and create goodwill about their company and the community. And they only have a 10% closing ratio, and they do over $6 million a year in design, <laughs> build, remodeling. <laughs> okay, okay, then. I, it's, that's, it's just that's the kind of business that can be done. And, and, you know, maybe the business owner ought to think about hiring somebody. That's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the nice things about design build, and I'm assuming a lot of our, our listeners are familiar with the design build concept, is that the salesperson does not need to be a construction expert and know everything about construction uh, in order to close a design agreement. And so I'd really encourage that owner to rethink why wouldn't they just hire a capable uh, salesperson if they're that swamped. Okay. Uh, I mean, look, there needs to be some qualification on the phone. They need the, the homeowner needs to own their home. They need to fit, fall into their target market. There's a, probably a number of attributes that um, these companies have identified that are uh, predictive that, hey, this person lives in one of these kinds of homes. They live in this kind of neighborhood. They're a doctor or a lawyer. You know what? They fit our target market. Let's go see them. And that stuff can all be figured out on the phone. But I see a lot of contractors and, and even training some of their office staff to start asking all these questions about budget and how much money they have. It's ridiculous to talk about budget on the phone. It, do, it doesn't work. You know, I, I, I tell my clients there's three numbers that you're going to talk to your homeowner about. Number one is the amount of money they think the project will cost. That's a fantasy number. It's completely <laughs> ridiculous. And they've learned that by watching television programs, which are the, the, bang, the curse for all remodelers in North America. Mm-hmm. And then the second number is how much money they actually have that they're willing to spend on a project. It may take days uh, hours to get that number out of a homeowner. And then the third number is how much the project's actually going to cost. And so what happens is, is on the phone, the contractor starts talking about how much the project's actually going to cost. And the homeowner is talking about how much they think the project should cost. And of course the two numbers are a mile apart and, and they either scare the bejesus out of the poor homeowner or the contractor says, you don't qualify. You don't have enough money to do our kinds of projects. And the, the the two people shall never meet in person. Okay. But let's face it: if they are a doctor or a lawyer and they live in the right neighborhood and they've got you know ten years of home equity in their house, reality is is they probably will spend enough money with somebody. It just won't be that particular contractor because he refused to go see them. Okay. All right. Well, let's dive in even further here. So, where do you see the low hanging fruit for growth oriented remodelers today? Well, like I've already kind of hinted at, it's uh, it's starting to go see more of these people and stop overqualifying on the phone. The 
you know, I, I did an a informal poll uh, because I work with a lot of remodelers around the country. And I work with owners, salespeople, designers, project managers. And, and I kind of informally polled them to figure out how, how often does the customer's original budget end up being their final budget? And like 95% of the respondents all say that the final project cost, what they actually build for the homeowner, is substantially more than what the customer was originally thinking they were going to spend. That is your low-hanging food. I've, got, I've worked with a client out on the East Coast where they, when they get an initial budget from the customer, they actually multiply it times 1.5 because they know after they do all the design and the project management and the change orders, the customer approved and requested change orders, their project's gonna be 50% larger. That's low hanging fruit. That is easy money that a lot of contractors are not even contemplating. Okay. And it, it's not something that the owner has to do. I mean, think about it. Uh, certainly if they would go see more people, uh, that, would, that would help a lot. But let's let the designers do their job. Let the designers work their magic to be able to help the customer get in touch with what they really want to spend on and increase that budget. And let's let the PMs, you know, ask fundamental questions like, uh, ma'am, we're about to put your drywall on your studs here. Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we go any further? Because there'll never be a cheaper time to do a change order than right now. Skylight, some extra cans, light switches. Uh, maybe some technology, AV stuff. You know, those are just simple questions that don't really require a lot of sales skill to be able to increase the scope of a project mm -hmm. profitably and without endangering the time frame too much. So when you're, but just to be clear, when you're talking about lead qualification right now, we're talking about when that lead first comes into the office, right before the phone, before the uh, commitment is made to go on the appointment. Yes. Right. So how much? How much experience? There are three things that the person who there are three things that the person on the phone, the the employee of the con construction company, should be achieving uh, with the homeowner. Number one, ensuring that the homeowner has a pleasant experience on the telephone with your company. If you guys know that the bad reviews travel twice, uh, ten times faster, uh, so we everything in our power to. Uh, give the homeowner a positive feeling about our company, we'll pay dividends now and possibly in the future. Okay. Number two, make sure that the customer fits our target market. Uh, that would mean things like uh, they don't want a light bulb replaced. You know, they've got a, a real issue. It means they're in the right neighborhoods or the right territories. I don't expect to send a salesperson out to a trailer park or, or two and a half hour drive. Right. Um, and then, and then this is the part that most people don't understand. And this is a really big deal. And it's probably more important than the other two things that I just mentioned. To find out what the customer wants to do as a result of sending somebody out to their house. But plumbers are great at this. They say, listen, we'll come out, we'll take a look at it. And if you decide to do the work, we'll go ahead and credit our, our, um, our site fee towards the cost of the labor. You can decide if you want us to do the work while we're there. Well, why don't contractors find out what the customer wants to decide as a result of sending someone out to visit them? It's a very fundamental question, and very few of my clients without some training are asking that. You know, ma'am, if we send somebody out to see you, what would you like to decide? You know, you, oh, you'd like to figure out if you want to do some design with our company? Okay, well, then we probably should bring a design agreement. Anything else? 
I mean, it's very simple to get that kind of information on the phone, and you don't need to know a lot about remodeling. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know, you know, about permits and what's, what, what kind of codes are going to affect the job. You just need to be able to ask a simple question and then tell the salesperson, hey, I got a hot one. Mrs. Brown wants to make a decision about doing some design with our company. Go see her. Okay. And what if the client doesn't know what they want? Do you? Would, well, you know, again, we, would you like to decide if you want to do some design? Are you at that stage? Would you like to decide to come visit our company? It sounds like you're doing your due diligence, Mrs. Brown, and I would assume that you're probably going to want to check out all these contractors before you decide to pick one. Would you like to decide if you'd like to come visit our office and meet our staff and make sure that we're a real reputable company? That's something you could decide. It's just it's not hard, pushy stuff. It's just really exploring Mm-hmm. Uh, what the customer is going to do. And I'll tell you right now, I personally will go see a prospect just because they are willing to make some kind of uh, uh, timely decision. It, the willingness to make a decision is more important than any of the other things that most contractors are trying to find out on the phone. Do you think that most clients are willing to make and are ready to make some sort of a decision at that first meeting? The, the ones that are in pain, you know, Sandler calls it pain, which is just secret code for motivated buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the prospects that are in pain want to get out of it. Yes, they want to make some progress. I mean, I, I look at my wife every time she books an appointment with a contractor or a landscaper, and you can literally see a sigh of relief. Oh, good. We've got somebody coming over. We're making some progress towards getting this project done. I, good prospect. I always say good prospects want to make a decision. So why don't we just start finding out what that decision is on the telephone uh, in order to decide who we want to go see. So you would say that this is the single most important thing to uncover on the phone? More so than their, way more than their budget, more so than their, um, their pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, certainly I would not go see someone if they're a three hour drive away. So that, that needs to be taken into account. But generally speaking, yes, I give the willingness to make a decision more weight than anything else, yes. Now, um, there was, I had a, a member, a new Roundtable member come in, and she is the owner and the primary salesperson, and she is swamped because she's trying to add, take some of those hats off to other positions in her company, but she hasn't gotten too many of them off yet. So one of the yeah. things that she wanted to do was to focus on those projects that are more likely to be able to move faster, get in earlier in the schedule. Is that something that, I mean, do you find that when people are qualifying or if they have an employee doing the qualification, that the timing of the project should be part of the process as well? So that's a valid question. There's, it's okay to ask about timing on the telephone as I I really, I'm, I'm adamant about this from working, you know, it's, it's, I started to figure out when I worked with Iris that, this overqualification on the phone due to and asking about budget is a no-no. But yes, timing is a fair question. You know, Victoria, some of my clients have taken it even a step further because I understand there's only so many hours in the day and you have to draw the line somewhere. But they've started to look for all kinds of interesting, novel things that they can ask their customer about. Time frame might be one of them. I have a client in Canada who's very good at achieving deadlines. I don't know why he doesn't, why he works with anyone that doesn't have a tight deadline because he's so good at it. But then I've got people that know that, hey, if they own two Volvos, they're probably our client. Really? Um, If they own a piano, they're probably our client. Uh, Had a client in Atlanta. If they've remodeled with somebody before, 
they're probably going to pick him. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so there's a lot of other things that we can we can know you know nose around and find out about the nature of our client. If you really are in that serious situation where you can't see everybody, um, there are there is valid information that you can find. You know, like one of my best clients, and uh, of course it has nothing to do with remodeling, but it's very novel. My best client is the owner of a business who is still the best salesperson in their company. If you had told me, Chip, hey, to grow your business, go out and find owners who are already good salespeople, I would have said you were crazy. Mm -hmm. But now, of course, I see it because I've seen it so many times. This ability to start turning our lead information into a science. Mm -hmm. Let's make it a science to really figure out who our top clients are. Um, you know, that client that, that wants to know if someone owns a piano, there's all kinds of great marketing ideas that they can implement because they know their ideal client owns a piano. They can partner with the piano store. Mm -hmm. uh, they can hold customer appreciation events at the, at the piano store instead of at their office. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, if you know that people own Volvos, you can find out who owns Volvos in town and market to them. There's all kinds of novel things you can do when you start getting really smart about the the special attributes of your ideal customer. So I just want to be super, super clear. You do not recommend that in any way, shape, or form that the that money is discussed in that call, or is it? Or are there some things that are acceptable? No, no. I mean, the, if the customer insists, well, how much do you guys charge for bathrooms? I, I you certainly can't say. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, <laughs> but I really discourage the. Um, the person who's taking the lead from having any budget discussions on the phone, it's only going to scare the person away. Not even a range, like, hey, we've done bathrooms from 50 to 75, nothing. Look, they live in the nice neighborhood, the gated community, their home is 40 years old, and the person's a doctor, okay? Go see them. <laughs> but so what do you do if they ask about that? What does the person qualifying say? You, you, it's okay to say we've done, you know, we've done bathrooms from $25,000 up to $175,000. You know, ma'am, it's totally up to you how much you spend on a bathroom these days. You know how much toilets go for nowadays? They've got these little cheap toilets that go for $200. We just sold a toilet to a lady for $7,000, ma'am. There's, there's no <laughs> telling what you can spend on your bathroom. It's totally up to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, so if in and do you recommend that someone other than the owner slash salesperson or other than the salesperson do the qualification first? I definitely think, especially for a business owner, they should be training somebody. To, if, if if you're talking about somebody who doesn't have time to go see prospects, they definitely should be training one of their office personnel to be able to handle these phone calls. And believe me, you want someone answering the phone. That uh, The ability to answer the phone and get back to people in a timely fashion and talk to them and listen to the homeowner, that right there is creating a competitive advantage for your company. All right. All right. Very cool. And, but, yeah, the owner should not be the one that has to take that uh, talk to everybody. Okay. So how much business do you think a typical remodeler is really losing by failing to qualify leads properly? So I'm not exaggerating uh, because I've actually had some companies who are kind enough to study this. It is somewhere between 30% and 60% of their business is being lost because they're not handling the initial phone call properly. That's a lot of money. A lot of revenue. That is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if they're committed 
to doing this right, they would train someone to do it within their office using a checklist or a script, yeah, I assume? Yeah, they form. We, we do a training class uh, for people that answer the phones for their remodeling companies. We call it LIP training, lead intake person, get it? Mm-hmm. And um, there's little forms, and we give them training and how to put people at ease and make them feel good about our company and what questions to ask and what questions not to ask and how to tee up the appointment to find out what kind of decisions are going to be made. It doesn't – you do not need to understand what a Simpson strong tie is right. to be able to handle a 15-minute phone call and make a homeowner feel really good about your company. Okay, you just touched on that. So you feel like around 15 minutes is about what that initial call should take? That's correct. Okay, so when that initial lip person, if if he or she is talking to the homeowner, are you having them make the first appointment for the salesperson, or do you then have them hand it off so the salesperson can have a second conversation? Either one is acceptable. Um, if it was a busy, if it was a busy um, uh, owner of a company, I would say that I would like for that lead intake person to have access to their calendar to be able to make appointments. But uh, I certainly am a proponent of the salesperson calling the lead beforehand to quote unquote confirm the appointment Mm -hmm. uh, and to further ask a couple more questions and to further clarify that what's going to happen as a result of their visit. All right. Great. Chip, this has been wonderful. I got to tell you, uh, on behalf of marketers across the globe, Thank you for saying that there are more qualified leads than the salespeople think. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing a marketer hates more than, oh, the leads aren't qualified. You're not doing a good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it, listen, you know, and, you know, let me just say this too, Mark. It's the salesperson's job to go out and get no's. I mean, a lot of people and a lot of these business owners think, you know, I want to get everyone I go see, I want them to be a yes. That is incorrect. Now, it's taken me 20 years to figure this out. But it really is valuable for the salesperson to go out and disqualify 90% of these leads. There's so much stuff that you can get out of it. And it's not marketing's fault. You know, they yeah. should be happy to have those leads to go and have the luxury of being on an appointment with no pressure that we've got to close this one because we don't have enough stuff in our pipeline. You know, what do you think happens to a salesperson's effectiveness when they're suffering from that kind of anxiety? Mm-hmm. Right. It drops off a cliff. So they need to re- appreciate that, hey, are you the one in 10 that'll work with us? Are you the one in 10 that's going to be a client with us for the next 15 years who gives us all kinds of rave reviews and, and a dozen referrals? No, you're not. Okay, that's great. It was been, been great talking with you. I'm on to my next appointment. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Chip, we're going to find out if you're the one in 10 person to master the lightning round now. How's that sound? Oh, no. I've been, <laughs> uh, talk about anxiety. <laughs> and now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I think. What's your favorite business book and why? The, uh, the the new book that I've been recommending is The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. It is mandatory reading for the designers that I'm training because it really goes into the 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 eloquence of intelligent design and really puts the, the designer back in touch realizing I'm not a waitress in a restaurant asking people what they want on some menu. I'm actually a subject matter expert who needs to use some intelligence and experience in designing this 
remodel. The design of everyday things by Don Norman. If you weren't training remodelers on salesmanship mastery, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd be in a rock band. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Organization. I mean, look at the bookshelf behind me. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? Um, my car. Always my car. How many pancakes do you eat in a year? <sighs> now or uh, 10 years ago? Uh, <laughs> now I probably eat about... 30. It used to be hundreds. Oh, wow. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Ordinary People. Do you sing in the shower? A little. Not, no. I'd say no, not. <laughs> Chip, this has been great. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, for participating in this. I've got two little bits left, but the next thing I want to do is to have you share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and tell us why they are that. Just sell the next step. This is just sell the next step. I'm telling you, it, it should just be a mantra for all remodelers out there. You're talking on the phone to a homeowner. The only thing you're selling is the appointment. And when you're there in person, the only thing you're selling is the, the next step or the appointment or the design agreement. These remodelers are trying to close deals on the phone, and they're just losing sight of what the actual next step is. Okay, that's awesome. Now, I know that you've been doing training for remodelers for many, many years, and you've got some really good stuff coming up. Now, one of the things is the Sales Edge program that you do specifically for our members, for Remodelers Advantage members. So mm -hmm. we'll put some information in the show notes about that. And I, I know you've been training groups of people for years through that. Yeah, that's been very successful. The participants, I mean, we've literally, I've had folks who told me they've made millions of dollars from improving their sales from that program. I mean, really millionaires as a result of running a remodeling company and selling correctly. Awesome. Now, the other thing you've got coming up is uh, what we call a strategic action group. It's a, it's a virtual classroom. Uh, the title of it is Client Management Training for Designers, Architects, and Project Managers. What's that all mm -hmm. about? It's not about sales. We don't even talk up. We don't use the word sell because that's four letters. Uh, but what we do do is give these folks some tools on how to interact with clients. And literally, with it, you know, you, another name for it would be client leadership training. Folks, like I said earlier, have got to realize they're not waiters or waitresses in a restaurant. And it's really their job to shepherd and lead the client through a relatively complicated and expensive process. And so many of these designers, architects, and project managers see themselves in some kind of a passive role where they just do whatever the, the customer says. I had a client, they said, Chip, we gave the customer six floor plans to look at. I said, why on earth did you give them six floor plans? And they said to me incredulously, because they asked for them. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to be kidding. Don't tell me the customer wasn't able to pick one of the six, were they? And the designers all went, how did you know that, Chip? But see, they're not leading the customer. They're letting the customer run the process. And uh, that's really the, the issue that that training is designed to fix. Why is that a problem? That the, they're letting the customer run the process? Yeah. Because it ends up taking four times longer and it doubles their budget. And then the customer has the nerve to blame the designer that things <laughs> didn't work out in the end. Awesome. Hey, Chip, quick question. You, you mentioned the, um, the LIP training, the lead intake person training. 
Yeah. You're not currently doing anything like that for us. Would you would you be willing to to put one on if we had enough interest? Oh yeah, I love doing that training because we involve the person who's going to be learning how to do the calls plus their boss. So ah. that we have a little tag team going on, and that way the boss gets to see what the person's learning, and that way they're still on the same page. And, of course, the boss ends up learning a few things along the way as well. Cool. Well, since – I mean this this episode was so heavy on, on lead qualification and lead intake, if, if anybody – we don't have it on the books, but Chip said he's willing to do it. Shoot me an email, mark at remodelersadvantage.com if you think you'd want to do it. Put lip in the subject line. And um, if – Chip, if we get enough interest, I'll let you know, and we can put a date together. That'd be great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. Well, we have loved working with you over the years. This has been fantastic uh, once again, and I look forward to many more to come. So thank you for that, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. Bye. You know, I'm sort of taken aback by some of the stuff Chip was saying. It makes total sense. But I would have thought that asking for a budget was a smart thing to do. But I can certainly see why it's not now. Well, now that he's, yeah, now that he's explained it, it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. If if you've determined that this is someone that is your target market. Right. You've identified that, you know, whatever the parameters are fit your, then you don't need to ask them budget because you've already determined that these are people that, you know, they live in the in the right mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They 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 make the right money, so they should have the money. What are you even bothering with that for? It's mm-hmm. not the time. It makes perfect sense when he puts it that way. You know, if you think about it, if making a change in the way you're qualifying leads and approaching sales calls and appointments could add up to fifty percent more revenue to the company, all delivering that GP that you work so hard to to maintain. What a dramatic difference that could make in the results and the results of any remodeling company massive, out Massive, massive. It's it's a no-brainer to me. No kidding. Yeah, good. And you know, it was interesting. I didn't think about that lip training, that that lead intake person training. So seriously, if 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 anybody um, out there is interested in possibly looking into that, um, shoot me that email and. And if we get enough people interested, we'll put a program together because that's what we're here for, to give you guys the uh, the help you need. Mm-hmm. So we'll Great. see what happens with that. Good. Good and stuff. Yep, you bet. Um, so thank you all for being here and listening to us week after week. Yep. I'm Victoria Downing. And I'm Mark Harari. See you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.